Welcome to the Sisters in Service podcast. My name is Kat Corchado. I'm a fellow Air Force veteran who, after 20 years of active duty, struggled with transition after leaving service. The Sisters in Service podcast is a platform to include all women veterans, organizations, military spouses, and Blue Star Gold Star families in talking about the trials and triumphs we face while in service and after service. I want to take a moment to thank all of you who have taken the time to listen and follow me on my journey. My podcast is every Tuesday, and I hope you will tune in. Until then, please be safe, take care of each other, and until next time. Welcome, Sisters in Service, and all of the listeners to another episode of the special spotlight on VSOs with Jane Babcock. And we are going to be speaking about widows of veterans that are left behind. And a lot of times the spotlight is so much on veterans that we forget about those that are no longer, you know, that are still with us, but their veteran member has, has passed away. So Jane, enlighten us, please, about what's available to widows of veterans who have passed. Oh, one of my favorite subjects, because even the VA acknowledges that there's over 8 million veterans, widows or widowers out there. And probably close to 4 million are eligible for some type of benefit, whether it's the funeral stipend because the veteran was rated 10% for tinnitus or their cause of death, which would be a funeral stipend of a couple thousand dollars or that big funeral bill has driven her income or his income, my husband's case, well below poverty. And we can use that the first year or whenever the widow first applies for pension. The wartime veterans pension is also for surviving spouses. And then of course, there's the issue of the hundreds of chemical and environmental exposure diseases that either cause or contribute to a death. And those veterans, widows or widowers are entitled to a program called Dependent Indemnity Compensation, which is over $1,500 a month, tax-free, because now they're living on one income. And usually it's a social security income which the average social security check is actually below poverty. Mm. You don't think about that. Security never keeps up with the cost of living. (laughs) No, right. (laughs) So we have no reason in this world for our widows and widowers who took such good care of us to live below poverty. What is the time frame? So let's say I'm a widow. My husband just passed maybe six months, maybe a year ago. Is there any time limit on when I can apply for these benefits? No, but unfortunately, it should be within those first year. But as this is one of the odd ones, ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, we are nearly twice as likely to develop it because we're veterans. They've done all the statistics, and for some reason, unknown, they have a couple suspected causes, but they haven't been able to prove anything. But we get it, and we pass from it. And it wasn't until about 
10, 12 years ago that they put it out there as a presumptive. So I I would run a small ad in the newspaper every May because that's ALS month. And then sure enough, I'd usually get one to three widows and or veterans that would contact us and say, I'm suffering with it now, or my husband passed from it 15 years ago. Well, they're still entitled to some benefits, whether it's just the funeral stipend, whether it is the full DIC, or maybe DIC plus aid and attendance, DIC plus housebound status. So there's additional benefits that can be placed on these benefits. It has to do with things like, did you remarry before the age of 57 and things. So, you know, to have a widow walk in whose husband died just before ALS, or they never knew and he died two years ago, and say, okay, from this day forward, you're going to receive $1,500 a month tax-free. Oh, you're having in-home care services or you're in assisted living? We're going to add on the aid and attendance. Here's a question for you. So my mom was, my, my dad passed like six years ago and my dad took care of everything. And my mom, you know, I'd say, mom, where are the insurance papers? She's like, I don't know. Your dad took care of that. Mom, where's the, you know, manual for the car? I don't know. Your dad took care of that. Is it possible that, you know, I could bring my mom with me, but I could attend with her to sit down with someone and and speak on her behalf, even though she's with me, um, mm-hmm. about these these benefits to someone. And if so, who is that person? Let me guess, a VSO. <laughs> I always encouraged spouses to come to meetings with veterans. I always, you know, that's up to the veteran. Uh, sometimes the guys needed to verbally puke and get rid of some stuff that was bothering them. And I was more than happy to teach them how to put the luggage down. It doesn't belong to you. You didn't cause this. You just, unfortunately, they were, were there as a witness. But that spouse or family member needs to come with them, if at all possible. And that's because too often you get a lot of information. And then later on, you go, what did she say about this? Or what did I need to get that benefit? So, yes, I encourage family to go with. Also, if the family member happens to be elderly and is having memory issues, they can sign to have you as a third party on the claim so that you can call the VSO, you can call the VA and ask questions. If necessary, if there's medical evidence of, you know, end-stage dementia or something like that, they can sign to have you assigned as their fiduciary, which even gives you financial power to uh, make sure their checks are in the bank and help pay bills and do all that kind of stuff. So those records are the access to helping is there. Now, it's good because then you also know what's going on. You're going to want to first call your county government. 32 states have county veteran service officers, which are paid employees, so they do not charge. And then if they don't have county veteran service officers, call the State Department of Veterans Affairs or Military Affairs because they will know who is accredited in their state to help you with these benefits. And again, you want to work with an accredited VSO 
They've been trained, tested. They go to annual training. They've been cleared by the VA, so they have access to the computer system, which also means they have access to the VA employees. So we can look up, oh, so-and-so is working on the claim. I could actually look up their extension and call them. <laughs> right. If there was a need to expedite sudden terminal diagnosis or the bills are getting past due, we can call and request an expedite based on medical or financial need. I should say a VSO can. I'm a, I'm retired, so I'm no longer accredited. But a good VSO will be right on it, keeping things moving for you. What if you have a, a widow or widower that is doesn't drive, can't get around? Are there any services where the VSO or someone that they can speak to can come to their house and get that information. I'm just thinking about my mom. My mom has a hard time getting around and it, you know, it's just, it's really hard for her. So is there anything like that available? Oh yes. A good VSO will go to their home. Um, one of my guys was housebound. He was wheelchair bound and, um, because of his spinal injuries, he even had a difficult time operating a wheelchair. And so for him, getting out of the house was extremely difficult. So I would go over to his house and have him sign documents. I could do all the work on the telephone with him, fill out the forms, and then take him over to his house. Uh, I had situations where the son who paid the nursing home bills lived in Colorado, and he only came to see dad four times a year. So he finds out about the benefits from the nursing home doesn't have time to get with me before he has to go back. But he went home, called me up. We filled out all the information because he had all the information. I had the veteran's record as far as the DD-214 because when he came home from service, he had registered it at the county. Good to and know. And then I turned around <laughs> and went out to the nursing home. Now, in the vet that veteran's case, we needed to assign a fiduciary because he did have severe memory issues. And in fact, he could only sign with an X. So we had him sign with an X and then two of the nurses there or, or CNAs signed that they were witnessing his signature. And we had him sign with the request for a fiduciary and asked that his son be placed as fiduciary since he was already doing all the financial decisions for him. Well, Jane, this is such good information. I'm I'm learning a lot here. Just I'm just saying. <laughs> I knew I would, though. I always do when I talk to you. Any last words before we go? Yes. There's very few cases where a veteran or their widow should ever live below poverty. Whether it's because of the veteran's service injuries or illnesses, and there are hundreds of them, or simply because of financial medical bills, whether it's the funeral bill, whether it's years of taking care of the veteran, or if the spouse's medical bills. If that veteran served during a wartime, his, himself and or his widow should never live below poverty. There is a VA pension, which is one of the original programs from the VA, but the most unused, under known about program there is. In almost 12 years as a VSO, I only had one person know 
that there was a pension. And only then he didn't know how it worked. He just knew that there was. So if you took your income, subtract off all the medical bills, whether it's medical premiums, band-aids, assisted living, whether it's the veteran or their spouse's bills, if that income left over living, living income is less than poverty, the VA will start supplementing. And that income can go as high as 20, I think it's 26,000 now for a couple and less, of course, for a veteran and slightly less for the widow. But there's no reason they should be living below income, below poverty. And especially if it's because of their military service. So please help our older veterans, even our young veterans. The youngest man I put on it was 22 because he came home from service, fortunately, pretty healthy. We filed for a few little things. He received some minor compensation. But then he was in a traumatic motorcycle accident. And that motorcycle accident left him permanently unable to work. Well, he only qualified for SSI because he didn't have enough work history to get Social Security disability. And even then, at his age and his work history, that still would have been below poverty. So then with his wartime service, we were able to get him more money from the VA than what he was getting from SSI. Wow, that's... That's so an even amazing though his family story. had to directly supervise his life in a lot of ways, he at least was able to rent a small little apartment near his parents so he could have a sense of independence. So ask the questions. Find, you know, find out. There's lots of information out there. Ask someone and keep asking someone until you get the information that you're looking for. I think that's what you're trying yes. to say, Jane. <laughs> yes. And as a VSO, they know who locally might be able to help you. You've been off of work for a month, COVID, or other issues, and you've getting be, you're getting behind on the utility bill. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a lot of nonprofits, a lot of organizations out there that would help. We used to cover rent one month, and then we would get the local post to cover a month of rent, and then we could talk to the uh, the St. Vincent de Paul about covering a month of rent when a veteran was in terminal cancer treatment or something like that. So don't, don't let yourself get behind the eight ball. You've served this nation. Now it's time for us to serve you. Thank you so much, Jane, for all of this. This is such great information. And I hope anyone listening You know, even if it's not for you, maybe it's for someone that you know or someone that you love that didn't know this information before. So as always, please stay safe. Take care of each other until next time. And it's never too late to start your impossible.